Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Uh, Today, we are going to be talking about, are you feeling the holiday spirit? If not, fake it till you make it. Well, um, have you been noticing that people really aren't uh, authentically seeming to feel the holiday spirit? Here we are, right? The holidays have begun. And people are kind of walking around. They sort of remind me of the pod people in um, the uh, old movie, the, uh, oh, God, what was the name of it? Um, <laughs> yes. Um, after the break, I'll tell you the name of it. But in any case, it's where it was a science fiction uh, movie where people came down, um, actually pods were dropped on the earth, and people came out of these pods. And the people who came out of the pods replaced um, invasion, of the, invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's the name of the movie, and that's one of my favorite movies. And the people who come out of the pods to replace the humans, you know, it's, the same, it's like a clone. It's the same, it looks like the same person. But the people who come out of the pods don't really have feelings. So it's like you're looking at the same person, but they're sort of blank. You know, they don't have any emotions. And that's kind of what I've been um, feeling in, you know, people that I meet for the most part. They, some of them do a better job of uh, faking it till they make it than others. But it's like there's something sort of missing. There's some uh, warmth or some, um, I don't know, carefree uh, quality to it. Holiday spirit is what's missing. Um, and it's really sad and ironic because the economy is booming. You may have heard reports about how we have spent uh, more on gifts this year than ever. And so if we're, you know, if we have lots of money or more money than, you know, we used to and we're buying all these gifts, I couldn't believe it. It said the average American spends over $1,000 in gifts this year. Um, I guess that's a lot of uh, a lot of millionaires and billionaires making up for the people who can't afford that much. But in any case, on the whole, you know, financially at least, and by the gifts and the shopping and all of that, it would seem like um, we would have a lot of holiday spirit. But in fact, um, in fact, there is something holding us back from wholeheartedly getting into the spirit. And so today I'm going to be telling you about um, some of the things that might be holding you back from getting fully into the spirit. And then I'm going to, uh, at the end of the show, I'm going to give you some suggestions for how you can fake it till you make it, especially if you have children. It's really important that you fake it till you make it uh, to make this holiday season memorable and happy for them while your concerns are more adult kinds of concerns. You know, you, you listen to the news more and you're more aware of some things that are uh, difficult in the world and that, um, that you're worried about or troubled by and that stop you from sort of enthusiastically jumping in. Um, one of the things that causes 
some uh, stress over the holidays is what to say to other people when you want to wish them happy holidays. And then, of course, it's safe. The safest thing to say is happy holidays. <laughs> so that it, whatever holiday they're celebrating, Hanukkah, Christmas, or something else, you're kind of safe. But um, sometimes I was in the bank the other day, and um, I wished uh, the teller, he wished me, I think he... I think he said Merry Christmas. I don't remember if he said Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. But anyway, um, I know he must have said Merry Christmas because I said Merry Christmas back. And then I looked at his um, name tag, and it kind of struck me, not that you can tell these days just by looking at someone's name tag, but it struck me that he might not be celebrating Christmas. Um, He might be celebrating another holiday. So then I quickly kind of, you know, (laughs) went back and I said, happy holidays, just to make sure I was safe. It was this kind of thing. Now, there was just a a story recently in the news about the comedian Whitney Cummings. And her her, a true story, her story is that she was reported to Human Resources last year when she was working on a television show for saying Merry Christmas to an intern. And she told this story to um, talk show host Conan O'Brien. And she, because she was talking about how um, what stresses her out it, during the holidays is uh, the terminology around all of it. So she was telling him this year about what happened to her last year. And she said, last year I was working on a TV show and I got in trouble with human resources for saying Merry Christmas to an intern. I was leaving, like, on the 18th, and I was like, bye, guys, Merry Christmas. Like, just a formality, what you would say. I come back, like, January 6th, HR calls me, and they're like, hey, we need to talk to you. One of the interns is pissed off that you said Merry Christmas. And then she said to them, by the way, well, she was saying to Conan, by the way, I was like, then she said to them, I don't even care how your Christmas was. Um, it was just a formality, like it's what you say when you leave. And um, so Conan was said to her, in these times, you know, these are triggers that could trigger someone off or offend offend them if it's not their holiday. And she said, "Um, that's what I said. I was like, well, what should I have said? Do they celebrate something else? And they were like, well, no, they're agnostic. So it's not like that they celebrated Hanukkah or something else. They're agnostic. And so she said to them, no, 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 you do not get to do that. She then argued with them, HR, that in order for her to know a person's religious beliefs, they would have had to have a more intimate relationship than a professional relationship. She said, had I known that this person was agnostic, that would mean that we were in a relationship. Like, that would mean we were intimately connected. I should not know who believes in God and who doesn't. I also can't guess either. I can't, like, guess your holiday based on what you look like. That's offensive. That's very offensive. And um, so then Conan was saying, I was, I've was. i been told the safest thing is to say, have a good holiday, then set yourself on fire. I mean, the point of this story, while I, why I'm telling it to you, is that, I mean, first of all, is that this is one of the stresses we all Uh, go through during the holidays, what to say, you know, wanting to say the right thing to say. But also my point is that political correctness has gone so far off the deep end 
that it is making all of us uptight, not just during the holidays, but um, all the time. And we, we have been jumping on each other for things. I mean, you know, Me Too, of course, is one of the examples, one of the big examples of this past year uh, and last year, for that matter. Um, you know, all the, the men in Hollywood are rather pissed off. Um, this, in fact, a lot of men aren't going to awards shows because of the Me Too movement and how men have been fired, you know, how women have gotten after men. Uh, some women, most women, many women have, um, you know, gotten on this Me Too bandwagon. I am not one of them. And well, I am not an angry feminist. Um, and so they have gone after men. Now, this, I don't want to wait. Let me just uh, step back for a second. I am not saying that I think it's okay <laughs> for a man to rape a woman or to sexually harass a woman or anything like that. However, I think a lot of the Me Too women have taken it way too far. And unfortunately, it's the leaders of the movement. And, um, and so there has been a um, backlash. In fact, in Hollywood now, there is a backlash against women because of all the damage, you know, all the men who have gotten fired from their jobs for all the women who have complained about them. Now, it's one thing, you know, of course, if a man uh, rapes a woman or sexually harasses a woman, even with real, you know, serious sexual harassment, I mean, the kinds of things that the Me Too movement has brought up are ridiculous, some of them. Um, but if there's real sexual harassment, real abuse, real rape, that kind of thing, then yes, of course, somebody deserves to be fired and, and um, uh, you know, and, and to be called out. But um, as an example of this backlash, you may have heard with the Golden Globes, there was not one woman director nominated for a Golden Globe uh, Best Director Award. And yet, this year, there were more women directors than there had ever been. There were 22 women directors, and none of them were nominated for a Golden Globe uh, Award. Now, why, that, why is that? I mean, on the, you know, you would think that, um, that just to, uh, to appease, you might think that just to appease women, there would have been one woman uh, director nominated, but no, and it's all the anger. It's the backlash. Now, so what, you know, what does that have to do with saying Merry Christmas? Um, what it has to do with is that this political correctness and this over-offensive, uh, being, you know, <laughs> I guess being snowflakes, being um, too easily offended, looking for things, looking for things to be offended by, and then making a big deal out of it, you know, ruining people's lives and their careers. That is not right, and that is where we have gotten to. And here is a great example of that, uh, another great example. You may have heard um, about the radio show in Denver that was canceled. Now, one of the, probably the biggest reason why we are not feeling or many people aren't feeling in the holiday spirit is because for, I don't even know how long, it, it seems for ages, um, well, for ages, since 2016, there has been, you know, a lot of protests and so on, people wanting to get some people, 
Democrats, let's call it, let's, let's, let's uh, make it clear. I mean, it, we know who um, are try, have been trying to get Trump out of office. And it's been ramping up and ramping up until now. It's, you know, after the Mueller report, when that didn't uh, do anything, then now it's impeachment. Okay, so I, I am sick of hearing about impeachment. I am sure you are sick about hearing about impeachment, no matter whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. It is annoying to turn on the television every day or look at a newspaper or look at Google and hear nothing but impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. And so we have a Denver radio show where um, the radio host was um, pretty uh, sick of hearing about impeachment also. And it was um, Chuck Bonniewell who co-hosts a show on KNUS 710 AM. It's called the Chuck and Julie Show. It's with his wife, Julie Hayden. And so he was talking about um, you know, how annoying it is that impeachment uh, is, you know, is all over the place. So when they, when they came back from a break, um, he said, all right, Chuck Bonniewell, Julie Hayden here, a little after 1.30, talking about the never-ending impeachment of Donald Trump. And he chuckled, and then he said, you know, you wish for a nice school shooting to interrupt the monotony. And then his wife quickly cut him off and talked over him and said, don't even, don't even say that. No, don't even say that. Don't call us. Chuck didn't say that, you know, for the listeners. Don't call in. Don't call us. Chuck didn't say that. And he's still laughing. And he added, uh, in which no one would be hurt. Now, of course, school shootings aren't funny. And especially in Denver or in, uh, Colorado, you know, where there was Columbine. Um, but on the other hand, certainly the listeners knew that he did not really mean that he wanted a school shooting. He was being, trying to be funny. Okay, maybe it wasn't the funniest thing he could have said. But, um, but really, anyone with a brain, half a brain, would know that he was just making a joke, and they might have thought it was in poor taste. And so, and so on, but not, you know, to go so bent out of shape that, um, of course, the, the uh, Internet was, you know, had all these comments on it, and he was fired. The show was canceled. And so the radio station um, uh, put out, you know, a statement that they fired the show. Um, they said, given the history of school violence that has plagued our community, 710KNUS confirms that an inappropriate comment was made on the Chuck and Julie show by co-host Chuck Bonniewell. A programming decision was made to end the program immediately. So um, that there, you know, one, obviously, um, you know, they were on the air for a while and one statement like that was enough for them to yank the show off. And uh, this was a pretty popular show. So we are, folks, um, it's all this being on edge. It's all this being afraid to say the wrong thing, whether it's saying Merry Christmas when the person is celebrating Hanukkah or vice versa or making a joke that is now no longer funny. How many comedians have been um, fired? There have been a number of comedians who have been fired um, for saying jokes, for things that we used to laugh at. I mean, that's the thing. If you look at any, any, um, 
any videos or, um, you know, anything from the past where we used to joke, we used to laugh at these comedians' jokes. And some of them, you know, were, uh, I mean, now by today's standards, they were, would send people into um, a coma. You know, it, it would be because of, of it being not PC. Well, you know, a lot of those things were, were funny. Um, and comics are being fired right and left. There was a comic from Saturday Night Live who had just been hired, and then he was fired before he even aired, before he uh, did a show, um, because somebody dug up, I mean, that's another thing, you know, on the Internet, somebody dug up some um, racist or sexist or some kind of offensive things that he had said in a comedy routine years ago. I mean, you can, you can dig up things from, from countless comedians, um, things that they said years ago that, um, where, that now, you know, make people all upset. So, I mean, I'm certainly not in favor of offending people, but this is all part of what's causing us all to be on edge on the, during the holidays and every day. And, and, you know, making us afraid of making jokes, making us afraid of whatever we say, we're going to hurt somebody's feelings um, and they're going to run to somebody else and we're going to get fired or something else is going to happen. I mean, this, chill, folks. <laughs> we need to chill. Um, I'm not, again, I'm not, um, I'm not saying we should, like, purposely or even carelessly offend people, but... We do certainly need to just relax and um, get our sense of humor back. Well, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host. Stay tuned. When we come back, I have some more examples of things that are putting us on edge and um, making it harder for us to have the holiday spirit this year. But I will, by the end of the show, you help you to fake it till you make it so stay tuned ask the experts call toll free right now 1-866-472-5787 Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions that's 1-866-472-5787 thank you for calling voiceamerica.com are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times do you want help then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. 
Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about holiday spirit. And you got it? (laughs) You know, got milk, got holiday spirit? And if not... I'm going to help you fake it till you make it. But I am assuming that you, like I, am noticing, have been noticing, as the holidays have been starting, that people are doing the things that you do to some degree. You know, we're apparently out in stores buying up a storm, making record, uh, spending record amounts of money. Um, And yet it is not with that same kind of glee (laughs) You know, um, not with the sleigh bells ringing and so on. <laughs> and there are even less uh, events. Uh, I'm, I live in L.A. You know, we have normally we have lots of holiday events. We have lots of events, including lots of holiday events. And there are less this year than usual. Um, people, you know, I, I think really the reason why there are, we spent more so far or are projected projected to spend more is because we're trying to um, make ourselves and people around our loved ones happy, but we're not really feeling it. So we're spending more money. You know, it's kind of like when you eat more because um, to comfort yourself. So I was talking to you about uh, the comedian who was called out to HR for saying Merry Christmas and the Denver radio show host who was fired because he made a joke that was perhaps in bad taste, but certainly not, uh, shouldn't have resulted in him getting fired. Um, let me tell you about this other story. This actually, uh, this is kind of a more one-on-one story. Um, you know, it's not a celebrity or... Um, this is a story about a veteran, an army, a real army veteran who lost his dog. Um, he was, he spent 10 days looking for his dog in Paul River County, Mississippi. And it was a 10 month old wolf dog named Namiria. Now, you know, a lot of veterans have, um, um, emotional um, therapy dogs or uh, um, emotional support dogs. And um, this may well have been that for him. So it makes this story all the more uh, poignant. And so he's looking for his dog. He spends 10 days looking for his 10-month-old dog, doesn't find the dog. And one day he walks over to the mailbox 
and there's an anonymous note in his mailbox. And um, the note says, I'm sorry to inform you that your dog was shot and killed Saturday night while digging through my garbage. It did not suffer, and I did not take pleasure in killing it. There is a county leash law, which you should abide by, so that I do not have to kill any more of your pets. Can you believe that? And this just happened. So, you know, (laughs) this man, he shot the dog, obviously was not feeling in the holiday spirit. Um, So this dog was caught on this man's property going through this man's garbage, and so what did he do? He shot him. Now, the, the, um, the really, you know, what makes the story even worse is that the dog um, had a collar. And, uh, in fact, the man who shot the dog put the collar in the man's mailbox along with this obnoxious note. And um, so the man, Chad Stricker is his name, the man who lost his dog, um, he put a picture of the note and the collar on Facebook and it went viral. And um, he, of course, was heartbroken. Um, he said, I was sick to my stomach to think that someone killed her while we had been out looking for her, for digging in the garbage. An animal is not worth more than your trash or the time to make a phone call. And um, on this collar, uh, this large yellow collar, was a tag that showed her photo and a description of her personality, along with the owner, the owner's address and phone number. So, like, the man, you know, maybe the man was afraid of the dog, although, you know, the dog, uh, there's a picture of the dog licking the man, and, you know, he seems like a sweet dog. He is a wolf dog. Maybe the man was afraid of the dog. (laughs) But whatever, um, he could have found a way to get to the dog's collar. I mean, he could have... He didn't have to shoot the dog in any case. <laughs> he could have po- posted a picture of the dog that was on his property. She could have shooed the dog away, posted a picture on social media, and, um, you know, so that whoever was looking for the dog knew that he had been on, on this man's property and so knew more or less where the dog had been. In any case, um, there's nothing that the man could do or the police could do because there's a law, apparently, in Pearl River County that requires all animals to be fenced in or restrained on a leash, or otherwise they're considered a public nuisance. Now, they um, apparently in this in that part of town, part of the country, um, shooting a nuisance animal, that's what they're called, isn't uncommon. The um, manager of the sh- shelter, of the SPCA shelters, told uh, the media, Unfortunately, we see that a lot. This dog lost its life over an invisible line it can't see. As soon as an animal goes onto someone else's property, that leash law goes into effect. But just because it's a law, it doesn't make it right what this person did. So um, the man um, wrote, the the man who lost his dog, wrote a note um, and posted it on social media, and he said, it's sad to think I have a neighbor of your moral character living so close to me that would do this. Do I hate you? No. I pity the person you are and those who have to tolerate you. I pray one day you come to realize what you have done and teach those in your household to be better. 
And then um, his, the dog's body hadn't been returned to him, just the collar. So he asked to be told where the body was or for it to be left on his driveway so he could give his dog a proper burial. Now, for all we know, the man who said he shot the dog could have, <laughs> could have liked the dog and could have decided to keep the dog for his own. I mean... You know, depending upon how close he lives to the man, I guess he could be found out if he lives close and the and his neighbor sees the dog later on. Um, you know, he could uh, uh, he could realize that the man stole his dog, but um, but in any case, this is a pretty horrible thing to do, and especially during the holidays to shoot the dog. He certainly could have shooed the dog off of his property. But, you know, when you, you think about that, and um, obviously that's a man like Scrooge, um, who must be really miserable and um, likes to make other people miserable. And But, you know, I think it takes a big man like um, uh, this veteran to um, forgive him and to... Um, you know, to write the note that he did to him. Um, I wonder if he'll get the dog's body returned to him. Somehow I doubt it. But um, but anyhow, these are the kinds of things that we do to each other during the holidays and beyond um, that are really painful and that make people think about um, <laughs> what humanity, how humanity has changed over the years, and how we are doing things to each other that we would never have thought of doing 10 years ago or 20 years ago or in the 1950s. Um, the world is not like those Americana paintings anymore, and that is really sad. And so that, you know, kind of in a long-term way, um, make us less have less holiday spirit. And then, of course, there are things that, that drag us down that are current events, like impeachment and so on. Um, another thing that, uh, that drags us down, um, of course, is terrorism. And um, we recently had the attack um, on the um, base in um, Florida, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about that um, in the next segment, but let me tell you now about Notre Dame. This is the first time, this is, you know, talk about Christmas things that are uh, make it hard or to celebrate. In Notre Dame, uh, of course, because of the fire, this is the first time in over 200 years that Notre Dame will not be having Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve. I used to go to Notre Dame um, on Christmas Eve for Midnight Mass when I lived in Paris, and even when I was visiting, um, and even though I'm Jewish, uh, and celebrate Hanukkah, uh, there, you know, that's part of the thing, too. If we, if we each began, tried harder to see the beauty in each other's religions, it would help. And it would it would make it less important whether we were, which whether we were wishing people Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah, 
But anyhow, I used to go to Notre Dame Midnight Mass because it was beautiful. I mean, Notre Dame is beautiful in itself. But um, the Mass was, you know, that was its peak. That was especially moving. Um, and um, now, of course, because of the fire, uh, yes, they have started working on it. But um, it is not in any way uh, able to host Midnight Mass. They are having a Midnight Mass in a church nearby, um, so that, uh, you know, that, that's nice. I mean, uh, of course, not all the people who could fit into Notre Dame are going to be able to fit into this other church, but um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, now, one of the things, I was saying terrorism, one of the things that um, connected to Notre Dame, one of the things that is sad about um about about well terrorism in Notre Dame is that uh, even though they are still saying, believe it or not, the authorities in France are still saying that the cause of the fire is unknown, quote unquote unknown, Hakanu. <laughs> um, and then they're also saying, uh, to the extent that they're saying anything, they're saying it could be possible negligence. Uh, C'est possible que c'est une négligence. It's not funny. I'm not going to laugh. I'm just laughing at myself. Um, I, I love speaking French. You know, I still speak French, and uh, I went to medical school in French. And um, it was, and living in Paris was like the most amazing experience. And so when, so when Notre Dame was burned, it was like personal to me um, that someone destroyed this beautiful church. And um, and um, uh, I was saying they're saying that it's, the cause is unknown or that it's possible negligence and that this possible negligence could be a cigarette that wasn't stubbed out completely or an electrical issue, an electrical short or something like that. Now, yeah, it could be a cigarette that wasn't stubbed out correctly, or an electric problem, and yeah, those things could be terrorists who did that. I have said from from the very beginning, from the first time I saw the fire, I have said that this was terrorism, and I still say that, and they can't say that in the authorities in Paris, in France, don't want to say that, even though I'm sure I'm not the only one suspecting that, um, because there would be riots in the streets if they um, blamed it on terrorism. Um, you know, there were, there was, um, work being done on Notre Dame at the time that the fire broke out. And in fact, a lot of the workmen are immigrants. A lot of the immigrants are, let's just say at least, at the very least, terrorist sympathizers. And so the reason why they can't say that it was a terrorist, uh, attack that burned, Notre Dame is because um, this would, you know, cause the uh, the huge number of immigrants that have flooded Paris and France and that are burning churches all over the country, by the way. The, the Notre Dame was not the only church that burned. In this past year, there were many churches, um, you know, of course, lesser-known churches, but that were burned and that where, the, where it was terrorism. So to to pretend that um, this church wasn't terrorism. All these others were, but not Notre Dame is, like, ridiculous. 
and it's not really doing anybody any good. We need to call spades spades. And um, this is not about uh, being offensive. It's about telling the truth. But anyhow, um, so I'm mentioning this because on the one hand, because it's so sad that Notre Dame is not there for Midnight Mass or for any other Mass for a long time until they rebuild it, and because another major thing hanging on our heads um, since 9-11, really, and especially during the, the holiday season when things happen um, that make us remember terrorism, like the attack in Florida, um, that that is some of the things, uh, that is part of the reason why it is hard for us to get into the holiday spirit uh, as well. So um, when we come back, I will... Um, talk to you a little bit about the, um, the events that occurred. It, there's an interesting, sort of almost a comical aspect uh, to the attack in, on the Florida base. And then I'm going to tell, tell you another story, and then I'm going to tell you a story that will help you get into the holiday spirit. I'm not just talking about gloom and doom, but um, I'm trying to, to um, identify for you some of the vague things, you know, this vague, you may just have a vague sense of having trouble getting into the holiday spirit, and I'm pointing out some of the things that may be weighing on you um, that are accounting for the difficulty in getting into the spirit. So there are good things to come, <laughs> and stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. 
If you're an influencer, you don't follow the trends, you set them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives, collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world-renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Answer the call. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking with you today about the holiday spirit. Got it? If not, fake it till you make it. I'm going to be helping you in this segment to um, to do just that. Now, um, I said I was going to tell you something funny about the uh, Pensacola um, base attack. Now, of course, there's nothing... I mean, it's kind of gallows humor, but and of course there's nothing funny about an attack, especially since people were killed. Um, but the terrorist who attacked um, the base, Mohammed Saeed al-Shamrani, uh, he was from Saudi Arabia. And um, what is kind of, in a gallows humor kind of way, funny, is that... Um, it's, it's a very interesting story in lots of different ways that I'm not going to get into the whole thing, of course. But he, as it turns out, um, he actually, he, he is a very complex, complex guy who, um, on the one hand, had wanted to be a pilot ever since he was a little boy. He had dreamed of being a pilot. And, and this was, he grew up in Saudi Arabia. And um, he worked really hard and he got good grades and he, he was a pilot for the Saudi Arabian um, Air Force, and only a few people um, get picked every year to come from Saudi Arabia to train at an American base, and it was just two people um, from his area, and um, and so it was an incredible, incredible uh, honor to be picked, and. Uh, and as it turns out, I mean, so you have to wonder, here he was studying at the base, got this honor, um, especially in where he came from. You know, he came from sort of a, um, a more rural area, and so he, he was a big deal. It was a big deal, really, for anybody. And so, um, so he, he was going to be graduated this spring. And so here, his dream was almost going to come true. And instead, he attacks the base and kills people, and he gets killed, of course. And that's the end of his dream of being a pilot. So, you know, it's a whole mixed-up story. So there's that. And then there's um, the fact that when, they, when people investigated him after he attacked, um, they found that since at least 2015, he had been writing things on social media um, that showed that he had terrorist uh, beliefs. 
And he quoted Osama bin Laden. He was very writing, he wrote a lot of anti-American things and so on. But now, the gallows humor part is that the question is, would he have actually ever uh, made an attack if his teacher at the base hadn't made fun of his mustache? He had a very, if you haven't seen a picture of him, he had a very, uh, his mustache actually looks like Hitler. Um, I don't, but apparently this is called a porn stash because some porn actors, pornography actors, um, use this kind of mustache. I do not personally find it very attractive, but, <laughs> um, and it's just this tiny little mustache over his upper lip. So the, one day in class, the teacher made a joke and, and called him porn stash. Now that same month, he went and filed papers to buy a gun and, um, uh, and ultimately used the gun in, in, his, uh, in the attack. So the question is, um, would he have done that? Would he have attacked if the teacher hadn't called him porn stash? I mean, yes, he had all these years of anti-American feelings, but he also, you know, got to be uh, uh, study, continue studying to be a pilot in America so, you know, he had lots of conflicting sorts of feelings in him, presumably. And then this teacher calling him porn stash is probably what pushed him over the edge and got him to make the attack. Um, so let me tell you a story that will, well, let me tell you a couple of things first. Um, you may have heard last week's show uh, where we talked about Melody Bannister, saving Melody Bannister's kids. Now, to give you an update on this uh, real-life soap opera, Melody Bannister has not yet been saved, and nor her, have her kids. They are still in hiding. At least they haven't been caught by the bad guys yet. Um, and after the show, this show last week, um, if, you have, if you didn't hear last week's show, by the way, do listen to it, because it's quite an interesting show where I have on the woman who was her child um, court advocate. I had on her lawyer, and I um, am the forensic psychiatrist for her and her children. Um, she ran away with her children because they were being abused sexually and physically by a um, by a church cult. Um, and they were being ritually abused for years. And finally, her children told her about it. She took them to the police. The police didn't believe them. And they wanted her to just go home, which meant that they would still be uh, abused, if not worse, because uh, now they, the attackers, which were her husband, the kid's father, and their grandfather, uh, now, you know, they're really in trouble because they told the police about it. So anyhow, so um, you can hear all about it on the show, and the idea is to try to help save her um, without, before, these bad guys who are trying to find them and, um, and are, are up to no good. Um, so that's, that's, the, that's the race against time. And of course, it's happening during Christmas. You know, these kids are not having a great Christmas, being undercover since June, uh, to try to not get killed, basically. I'm talking about calling a spade a spade. I mean, these guys, these cult guys, <laughs> want to kill them because they don't want them to um, 
to unveil what they were doing to them. So the kids are terrified, and they have been hiding out from one place to another, moving around since June. So let me tell you a story that's going to make you happy, that give you a, a more positive outlook to the holidays, because you do need to fake it till you make it. You know, maybe uh, buy that tree, buy the uh, trim the tree, make the whatever it is, the food that you like to make or to buy, um, the presents, of course, you know, whatever, you don't have to spend $1,000. It shouldn't take $1,000 to make your loved ones happy. Um, it is the, you know, it's finding things that they really want, which uh, most likely don't cost $1,000. And so buying presents and by making cards, sending cards, and all of that, doing the things that you normally do um, during the holidays, and that will get you in, thinking until you make it will get you into the spirit. And of course, as I said earlier, if you have kids, you really have to fake it until you make it because you have to make these holidays the ones that they're nostalgic for when they grow up. So let me tell you a story. Once upon a time, um, there was a little boy named Tommy. And um, he was looking forward to Christmas morning. Uh, for weeks, he was talking about Christmas morning. He was saying he was a good little boy. And so he knows that Santa is going to bring him something really good because he deserves it. You know, he's on the nice list. He's not on the naughty list. And so finally, Christmas morning comes and there's a box under the Christmas tree. And it's a big white box and it's covered with a big red ribbon and it has his name on it. And he runs over to the box, and it's so big, and he's like, oh, my God, this must be a great present. It's so big, and it's so beautifully wrapped. I can't wait to open it. And he opens the box, pulls it all apart, opens the box, and what's in the box? It's a whole pile of horseshit. I hope I'm supposed to, I hope I'm a horse manure. Let me say that. Sorry if that, sorry if that was offensive. Horse manure. And, um... People are all around him, his family and his friends are all around uh, him, you know, as he opened up the gift, and they're waiting for him to start to cry because uh, that they think, oh, God, he had such high expectations, and here he got horse manure. And instead of crying, he has a beaming smile, and he goes running around the house and um, looking at all the rooms. And then he runs out of the house. He's running all around and with this smile and, and just so happy. And finally, he goes through the living room again where the Christmas tree is and where his package of horse manure is. And the people stop him and they say, Tommy, why are you so happy? You just opened up this package and look what's in it. And he said, well, there's got to be a pony around here someplace. There's got to be a pony around here someplace. This is a wonderful story because um, what it says, and it's not just about Christmas, uh, and you could also translate it to Hanukkah, opening the presents of the Hanukkah candle. I don't want to offend anyone if you're celebrating Hanukkah. It was a Hanukkah menorah, the eighth night, and he opened up the presents, and that was what was in it. Um, and so the idea is, that when you're going through tough times, you know, like maybe now and the uh, not being able to get into the holiday spirit, of course, is why I'm telling you the story today. Um, you need to remember that the world, uh, is, the universe has this strange way of going about itself. <laughs> that sometimes, did you ever notice in yourself or other people, 
sometimes when things are going really badly, sometimes, you know, um, and they have not just one thing bad that happens, but even more than one, and you think to yourself, how could, how could so many things, usually it's in threes, how could three things happen, terrible things happen to this person, they're a good person, why would, would this happen to them? And, um, and then all of a sudden, some good things start coming, some ponies. I don't mean literally ponies. I mean, you know, good things pop up in their life, just like the bad things popped up. And that's, if you really start paying attention to this, it's very comforting, especially when you're having bad things going on in your life. Um, it's very comforting to realize that the rhythm of the universe is that it brings you good things right after the bad things. And sometimes, you know, it's interesting because sometimes the... Um, Bad things happen after someone has kind of been boasting too much. Um, you know, like they're, let's say on Facebook, they put good stuff, you know, everybody puts uh, boasts on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Um, and, um, and maybe just in their, you know, life talking to people when they, when they start feeling too, uh, pleased with themselves, too, too sure of themselves or too, you know, uh, that they're the big cheese. Um, that's when some bad things, um, start to happen. It's like, uh-uh, <laughs> you, you know, you're feeling too invincible. That's the word I'm trying to look for. Too invincible. Like you think, you think the world is going to, your life is going to be perfect every day for the rest of your life. So, you know, yes, it's great to enjoy. Of course we need to enjoy things. Sometimes it's hard, you know, if you think, oh, well, now something bad is going to happen if I enjoy this too much. But, but not to be too boastful and, uh, and to just appreciate every good thing that you get. And, if, as, and tying it back to the holiday spirit, if you're having trouble uh, getting authentically into the holiday spirit, then just think about this story and tell your friends and loved ones uh, of this story about Tommy and the horse manure and the pony. <laughs> and... And it, you know, it, it cheers people up because it gives them the idea that there are things to, be look, to look forward to. And it is actually true that ponies do come, just have a little patience and a little hope and faith that it's, the bad days will end, the bad things that happen will end, and your turn will come to get a pony. So thank you for listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.